and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, welcome. Welcome to the transforming truth of God's word. The transforming truth of God's word. Did y'all know that it was 171 Christian churches here in Columbia? 171 in Columbia alone. That's a lot of Christians, right? It's a lot of Christians. And, and we have a lot of many mega churches right here in the city with thousands of members, thousands of members. That's not even speaking about uh, social media. Not even speaking about social media. Not even counting social media. So the word of God is everywhere. The word of God is everywhere. But where are the saints? But where are the saints? Everywhere you go, people claim to be saved. But where are the true Saints, see, if we are united in Christ, the Bible says we are saints in Christ. We are consecrated to God, holy, sacred, set apart for the Lord and what? His kingdom. That's who we are, church. Now, I, I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But I'm not seeing the separation that the Bible calls for. I'm not seeing it. Between the saint in Christ and the sinners of this world. Not seeing it. Not seeing it. See, we as the church cannot dumb down who we are in Christ to appease the world. Not for our, not for our co-workers, not for our friends, and, and, and not even those that are closest to us. Not our families. Not our children. Not our grandchildren. No. No. We are to be growing and learning in Christ so the next generation would know of him. It's not all about us. Our faithfulness is for the next generation. How did you know about Christ? Someone went before you. Before you. We have a responsibility as the church, as Christians, as members of this body. A responsibility. The Bible says as Christians, as saints, in Christ, we are in this world, but we are no longer what? Of this world. No longer of this world. Sooner or later, there has to be maturity. Sooner or later, there has to be change. 
sooner or later there has to be transformation from the sinner in Christ to the saint in Christ. Sooner or later. Sooner or later, the Bible teaches us, church, the Bible teaches us that personal transformation starts with receiving the truth. Receiving the truth. And if I haven't done a good job at teaching the truth, then I apologize. I promise to do better. But just know the truth don't always come from a holler and a shout. But if we desire to keep changing and growing, we must always face the truth. It's always face the truth. Our truth is that we are saints in Christ. That's your truth. That is the truth that we have to live up to, that we have to grow into, mature into. Now, I believe most people know the truth. Most people know the truth about the Lord. Most people know the truth about their lives and themselves. But I also know that sometimes facing the truth, either way, can be hard. I know it. Been there. Some people avoid the truth. Some people just flat out ignore the truth. Because they know that the truth is what? Their reality. Their reality. And many people do not want to face their own reality. Because the reality of the truth will bring about change. One way or another. And what we see today is a lot of people, even Christians, are not willing to change. They can, but they're not willing. Not willing to be committed to the truth that brings about change. Not willing. Simply, they are not willing to be committed to Jesus Christ as Lord. Who is the way, who is the truth, and who is the very life of us? The very life of us. Now, they want to be saved by this truth. They want to be saved by this truth. But they want nothing to do with the change that comes with that truth. Nothing. Nothing. When we try to convince people to change, they call it what? Persuasion. When someone gets you, tries to get you to do something that you don't want to do, what you tell them? Stop nagging me. Stop nagging me. <laughs> Stop nagging me, right? <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus don't want us to persuade you. No. Jesus does not want us to nag you. No. Jesus said, those who abide in my word will know the truth, and that truth will what? Set them free. Jesus only asks that we present you with the truth. 
we present you with the truth. The truth of God's word, the truth that is the gospel. That's it. That's it. Those who, who, who desire, who want to be set free from sin, destruction, and, and, and Satan's power, they will receive that truth. They will re- live out that truth. Those that want to stay in sin, stay in destruction, and stay under Satan's power, they won't receive the truth. They won't. And all we can do is pray that God speaks to their hearts. That's it. That's it. No persuasion. No. No nagging. No. Not at all. Not at all. Just the fact. Just the fact that the gospel, the word of God, is the transforming truth for the true believer and the true saint. And the true saint. But what we are seeing, church, what we are seeing from many so-called believers is the tendency to live, continue to live in the bondage of sin, destruction, and under Satan's power having the tendency to conform to the worldly ways of living, but also thinking. Those believers, sadly to say, haven't received the truth. They heard it, they know it, but they haven't received it right here. They haven't. They haven't. See, if we don't know the truth, we'll fall for anything, right? Being blown to and from, like the, by every wind of doctrine that comes from anybody's mouth. Anybody. So we'll struggle with sin. So we'll struggle with temptation. We'll struggle with, with worry, anxiety, and, and depression. But if you are truly a believer, God's word calls us to what? Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Change the way you think. Change the way you think. Until we renew our minds in the word of God and change our thinking, we will repeat the cycle of sin, destruction, and being under Satan's power. We will repeat our past. That's where we came from. Under Satan's rule, that's where we came from, from sinner to saint in Christ, in Christ. I want us to listen to what Paul has to say to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, the church was compromised. And Paul writes them to encourage them to remain unified in Christ with the transforming truth, church, of God's word. Verse 17, he says this to the church. He says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. The things that control your thoughts, church, will also control your actions. If your mind is focused on Christ, 
more than likely you will live a godly life. If your mind is controlled by the desires of this world and the desires of your flesh, then your actions will represent those desires, those worldly desires and those fleshly desires. Paul describes the people of the world as Gentiles, as Gentiles. He describes them as walking in the brutality of their thinking, their minds. That is to say that there is, they are ultimately living without purpose, living a meaningless life. See, they don't know from, from where they came. They don't know uh, from where they are going. They don't even know why they're here, why they're here. And all of this is in contrast to the knowledge possessed by the child of God in Christ, right? See, see, we know from where we came. We know where we're going. And we know why we are here. Purpose in Christ. Paul then says, because they live in the futility of their thinking, he says in the next verse, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. This is the state of those who are not living in Christ. The Gentiles who are living for the world. They are living without a real purpose. Oh, we know them well, don't we? We know them well, because that's who we used to be. That's who we used to be. And it's due to the fact that they have become darkened in their understanding. Their process of reasoning has been distorted. The devil and his world has distorted their minds, they're thinking with lies, with lies. A mind in Christ is a mind functioning in the light, church, of God's word, of God's word. It's a beautiful mind, a beautiful mind. The Gentile world, a world, and, and mind apart from Christ is a mind functioning in the dark, in the dark. Their understanding is darkened because they are separated from a life of God. Their reasoning capabilities are limited. Are limited. When you see people's mind and lives are not open to God's truth, they get caught up in their own way of living. They get caught up in their own way of thinking, becoming unresponsive, to God and his word. And if they continue, the time can come when they get lost in the, in the lies of their own thinking, in their own ways, in their own ignorance, because, they're, because of their hardened hearts to God and his truth. 
Paul says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full, full of greed. Once again, we know them. <laughs> once again, we know them. We was once them. Once them. The lifestyle of the world. The lifestyle that we rush to get out of here to get to sometimes. To be around. To fellowship sometimes. To st we stay home to fellowship with them instead of coming to fellowship with the body of Christ. The Lord don't want that kind of pity. He don't want you to show that kind of pity to those that don't regard him. To take his time to give to those that don't regard him. The lifestyle of the world. When we avoid and ignore God's truth, we become callous men and women. Callous. Having lost all sensitivity. All sensitivity. Being spiritually ignorant. Becoming spiritually callous. When that spiritual point church is reached, when that, when that fine line is crossed, we have no conviction that will lead us to repentance. No conviction that will lead us back to God. Your, your reasoning has been compromised. The, the, the conscience becomes desensitized. See, and we live in a state of callousness, cold towards God's truth. And there's no change. There is no transformation. There is no maturity. There is no maturity. They have given themselves over to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. See, but Paul reminds us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Paul. Paul reminds us, the saints, that that's not us. That's not you. That's not me. That used to be us. <laughs> That's not us anymore. That's not. He says that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the lamb is worthy, he is worthy of following, right? What about the sacrifice? Is he worthy of your sacrifice? Of your greatest sacrifice, is he worthy? And he doesn't even ask for your life, your, your physical life. No. 
He just asks for your heart. Your heart. That is the key, your heart. Your heart will lead you to the things that Christ wants of you. That's it. A lot of times we want to know the word before we know him. It don't work that way. Don't work that way. We can know the word all day long, but if we ain't got that relationship, we have nothing. The word is void if we don't know him. See, when we know him, hallelujah, he will teach us his word. He will write it on our hearts. He will make sure you don't forget it. No matter in the world or out of the world. See, if anyone who was not listening to Jesus through his word or, or through his spirit, then Jesus must not be their Lord and Savior. Simple as that. Simple as that. The Lord Jesus is the shepherd, and his sheep, what? Hear his voice. If you haven't heard his voice to be transformed, to be made right before God, then you are not his sheep. You are not his sheep. If that word is not speaking to you, if the Spirit of God that's within you not speaking to you, mm, something's wrong. And there's nothing wrong with him. Nothing. Nothing. So what will change the Gentile, the sinner, the worldly person from, from their old nature? What are they to do? <laughs> Paul says it. Listen to Christ Jesus. <laughs> Simple. Listen to Christ Jesus. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's my testimony. <laughs> Just listen to Christ Jesus. The word will transform you. <laughs> if you trust in it, if you believe in it, the word will transform you. It will not return void. Just listen to Jesus. See, they are to hear from him. We are to hear from him. We are to be what? Taught by him through the reading of his word and through uh, the communion with his spirit into our spirit. And those who are not his sheep will not hear from him. Will not hear from him. But that's not you, church. <laughs> that's not you. That's not you. You are his sheep. I know every one of y'all are his sheep. And you hear from him. You hear from him. But you have to show it. You have to show the world who's speaking to you. You have to show the world who, whose authority you are under. 
You have to show the world who is your real master. The saved person looks to the Lord Jesus as his shepherd. He listens to his shepherd and he follows his shepherd. The unsaved person goes their own way. Go their own way. Again, self-reflection reminds us of ourselves. At least for me, going my own way. See, you can't claim to be saved. You can't claim to be a Christian. You can't claim to be a saint in Christ if you live to the beat of your own drum. If you, just, if you go your own way, don't claim them. Don't claim them. Don't claim them. Because you're not listening to them. You're not listening to them. But Paul says this. Verse 22, he says, you were taught. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. You were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. See, in Christ, you were taught. We all were taught to get rid of that old person who was morally and spiritually corrupt. We were taught, we all were taught. Simply put, as Christians, we are no longer to live like the world, corrupt by our deceitful desires. We were taught. We were taught, church, and we have no excuse. We have no excuse. The world is not an excuse. Our lives is not an excuse. That's why Jesus came to live amongst man, to show us that we have no excuse. He lived on his earth for 33 years, 30 of them working as a carpenter, a regular man with a job, a regular man with a job, had a family. But he continued in the work of the Father, continued. What kind of excuse do we have? What excuse do we have? It's 24 hours in a day. If we can't speak to no one about the Lord, we go home and we worship him. We, wor we spend time in worship and Bible study. That's what we do. That's what we do. We make it up to him. We make it up to him. Paul says, but you are to be to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Those are instructions, the transforming truth, church, of God's word speaking to us. See, what we think affects the way we act. <laughs> What's there affects the way we act. Our attitude affects our actions. And change is impossible unless you recognize those things that control your attitude. And you can even say emotions. 
You can even say emotion. What is the Christian to do? Be made new in the attitude of your mind. We are to put on the new person with a new godly attitude, church. Having been created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The Bible speaks of this, this new attitude. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. That should be our attitude. <laughs> if that's not our attitude day in and day out, we got to continue growing. Continue learning. Paul says we must live in the lifestyle of the kingdom of God here on earth. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> we think we're going to live like this in heaven, church? <laughs> With corrupt minds? This is our practice ground. <laughs> this is our practice ground for heaven, church. Let them prepare you. Let them prepare you. We must carry out the good works that God prepared in advance for us to practice. To practice. <laughs> See, we have died to that old life of sin. It's gone. And, and I'm going to tell you and I'm telling myself, it is gone. Gone. You, you can't, after hearing God's word, you are held accountable to God's word, church. It's gone. I'm claiming it right now. Do not let this word return void to the Lord. As Christians, we are commanded to put off the old and put on the new by renewing our minds. See, the true believers in God's word will allow the Holy Spirit to renew their thoughts, to renew their attitude. We will be honestly and truly making an effort to live righteous and holy. We will be trying to do our greatest to please the Lord in those areas. He know we'll never be perfect. That is hard enough, right? It's hard enough. See, every season, church, every year, we should be changing. We should be growing spiritually. Every season, every year. There should be clear evidence of us putting off our old self. Every time it comes back, should be evidence. Wait, let me, let me, I can't talk to you now. Let me, mm, let me do this. Uh, the word trying to, that old word trying to come out my mouth. Clear evidence of us putting off our old self. Every year, every Every season, that should be clear evidence of us putting on our new self in Christ. Clear evidence. Clear evidence. That's why it's important for those that call themselves believers in Christ to have daily devotional time. Spend daily quiet time in prayer. Quiet time. 
not with your children, not with your wives, not with your husband. Quiet time to yourself in worship. Worship starts between you and the Lord behind closed doors. Spend that time. Spend that time. You come out of there somebody new, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Spend daily time in prayer. Quiet time in prayer, church. In prayer. Speak to God. Lay your heart out to God. And sit still and let him speak back. Let him speak back. You won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. Spend daily time, church, in, in Bible study. It's one thing to, to read the Bible. It's another to study it. Figure out what that word, what that passage is speaking to you. To you. Allow God's word to answer your questions about life. <laughs> it will. It will. It will answer every question you have about life. It will. And we must spend quiet time in self-reflection. We must spend quiet time in self-reflection and self-examination. That means we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves before God. Don't worry about nobody else. See, if, you, if, you, if you're honest before God, then you're going to come out of that, oh, man, it's going to be beautiful. See, that's where your change come in. If you hold yourself accountable to the Lord, a lot of things will be different. A lot of things will be different. You can't go to the Lord in praying without mentioning your sin. Without mentioning your wayward way, how, how, how can you do that? I mean, I know it's possible, because I, I remember doing it myself, just ignoring that part, ignoring my sin part, but asking God to, to help me with everything else. But this flesh, we're wrong for doing that. And see, that's when the Spirit speaks, conviction. You know you should have said that. You know you should have repented. <laughs> you know it. But we have to spend that, that time, that quality time in self-reflection. Honest time in self-reflection. Because when we do that, guess what? Guess what? The helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, he will come in and he will reveal to you the areas of your life where you are missing the mark. Where you are missing the mark. Not to hurt you, not to harm you, but to help you. But to help you. He will reveal to you your life right before your eyes, right before your heart. And then he will give you perfect instructions. <laughs> Woo! on the pathway of righteousness. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. But you have to face the truth. 
We have to face the truth, church. And we have to respond to the truth. We have to face it and respond to it. Every Sunday that we come in here and we hear the truth of God's word, we have to respond. We have to respond. We have to measure ourselves to his word. To his word. Now, I'm holding myself accountable. So I, I, I personally would like the church, us, Capital City Church, to hold uh, ourselves accountable. You know? Unity in Christ. There's no shame when we miss the mark. That's the beauty of it. There is no shame when we miss the mark. Because I guarantee you, if you talk to one of your brothers and sisters, guess what? They have missed it too. Been a bad week. Bad week. Bad week. We can repent together. Amen? Amen. The transforming truth of God's word. At this time, let us go into communion. Prepare for communion, everyone. Man, it's quiet in here. <laughs> See, if I was a teacher, I love this silence, but I'm not a teacher. <laughs> that means the word is, is soaking. Yeah, that means the word is soaking. Father, we thank you, Father, for the truth of your word. Mm. Thank you for just revealing it, Father. No matter how many times we hear it, Father, it seems like every time we hear it is new. There's something we missed of it, Father. So I thank you for all the leaders all across the world and all of your true churches, God, that, that, that shares the truth of your word, God. Because we all need to hear it time and time again. We're not perfect. It takes more than one time for us to get it. But Lord, thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your mercy, your grace. Where would we be without your word, God? Hallelujah. How would we know where to go? How would we know how, how to act? What to say? How to love? How to treat others. How to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Lord. We can go on and on, Lord. On and on. But I want to leave some, some thank yous for them to take home with them and thank you for themselves, Lord. So I ask that you touch the hearts and minds of your people, God, and just, just, just guide them throughout the rest of this day, God. Father, now we... We come to communion as we do every third Sunday to, to acknowledge our Savior, to acknowledge the sacrifice of our Savior. 
not only our Savior, but our Lord. <laughs> More importantly, our Lord, our Master, our Ruler, Jesus Christ. Luke twenty-two nineteen through 20. And he took the bread, Jesus, and gave thanks and broke it. And gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake of the bread. Jesus said, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Thank you, Lord. Let us partake of the cup. I urge everyone to understand communion, to pray about it, really understand the sacrifice of Jesus, understand what you are acknowledging by partaking in this supper. This is a confession of your faith, church. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. These altars are open in Jesus' name. <laughs> 